Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, we are going to take a look at the best and worst offseason moves so far. Um, We're going to take a look and share our thoughts at the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end position. Um, I'm excited to be joined by my partner here, Mr. Matthew Fox. How are you, sir? Doing well, you know, last day of March, and uh, apparently the month is blowing its way out of here, here in Colorado, where I can hear the wind whipping outside my door. It's definitely, um, definitely interesting. Weather has been something that has been chaotic and just all over the place this year, so uh, definitely weird. But uh, a few tidbits coming out of a lot of the... uh, of the conferences and stuff like that over the last couple of weeks, teams can now play two Thursday night games, which has received plenty of backlash, rightfully as so. It should. Yeah. It's stupid as shit. And the NFL continues to do stupid things, but harp on well, safety all the same. Important to note the opening night game and Thanksgiving do not count as Thursday games in this mathematical formula. So it's now possible because I know people are out there thinking like Dallas played on Thursday twice last, last year. So did a couple other teams because opening night game, Thanksgiving games don't count in the formulation that there is a team that potentially could end up getting screwed three times. Yeah. It's just stupidity at its best. The NFL just, it's, the way they should set it up for the teams that play on Thursdays, I mean, you could have it, especially after, what, week four or five on the bye weeks kickoff, you should just have the teams that are on a bye week play on Thursdays. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it gives them that time frame to rest in between it so you're not playing Sunday to Thursday. Um, I think I can speak on behalf of 98% of America when we are tired of seeing third-string quarterbacks playing on Thursday night football because of injuries or anything like that. I mean, we're tired of seeing third-string quarterbacks play at all. But we And the thing about it is I understand injuries happen. I mean, we all understand that. But when player, quote-unquote, player safety is important, you would think that they would knock some of these other things out. Um, a few other tidbits. No news on the Aaron Rodgers trade yet. I still think it's going to get done. Um, I think that kind of has say- to get done now. I think Green Bay was trying to shoot for the moon and get something relatively decent. I mean, obviously they saw the Russell Wilson trade. The big difference between that trade and the the, the Stafford trade, there's a few different factors. One, the Lions took on a lot of, of Goff's contract. That improved a lot of different things, especially monetarily wise. Russell Wilson, that wasn't one where he was screaming, I want out of this team either. You know what I mean? So your compensation package for a lot of these different things varies completely. 
So I think that they need to understand. I think it's in a situation where you even, you know, you get a two, maybe it goes into a one if X, Y, and Z happen. You know what I mean? I feel like that's their best case scenario. But uh, it'll be definitely interesting to see what what they get for Rodgers in the long run. But let's just get the trade over with. I'm tired of hearing about it. Let's move on with our lives. I think the other big factor is Rodgers' age and the fact that the dude basically admitted that he went into a ayahuasca tent 90% convinced he was going to retire. Yeah. So and- you know you're getting him for one year. Technically – Denver has committed to Russell Wilson for the rest of my life. <laughs> so I plan I'll probably have a heart attack in five years at this rate about the time. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that's to to keep an eye out for. I'm definitely interested to see how everything plays out with that team once he does sign. I do think it does make them a, a formidable little contender on the offensive side of things versus what they were um, with Mike White and Zach Wilson. Um, I think also this all this will do is ramp up the AFC quite a bit. Um, all the good quarterbacks are in the AFC. Um, and I mean, all of them. Like, I feel like if you did like a top 15, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I would think that probably 10 to 12 of those will be in the AFC. Probably it feels like. I know. I'm trying to think if they're like, who is the best? Dak. You have Derek Carr over in the. Uh... No, but I mean, Dak. By, well, yeah, Dak, by all measures, he's still in the NFC. Hurts and Dak. Yeah, her, I forgot about Hurts. Yeah, I knew there was people we have, not just for fantasy, but for NFL. Hertz, but Dak and there's a heat. Well, yeah. So those guys would all probably end up in the top 15. Um, but there's a huge fall off. And honestly, you know, Hurts has the potential, especially for fantasy, to be top five. But the rest of them, you know. Yeah, and the other thing is, is we, we haven't really chatted about, and we don't know what kind of chatter it's behind it, but um, hang on one second. Um, I actually have Goff top 15, too. I forgot. Yeah, I uh, it, it's, it's definitely interesting to see. What are your thoughts on Lamar Jack, the Lamar Jackson situation? So... You know, going into the offseason, I thought there was probably a 90% chance he was playing for Baltimore. We knew they were going to franchise tag him. <clears throat> but the, the entire tenor of their back and forth this offseason has been grim. And it's almost to the point in time, how would he play for them? I'm, I'm starting to, to feel like there's so much bad blood been going back and forth. Uh, well, really, it's been one-sided because Baltimore, every time they talk about him, talk about how much they like him and want him to play for them. But there's been so much negativity seemingly coming out uh, about him and that situation. I don't know how that would even work. Now I'm kind of leaning toward he's not going to play for them. I think there's even a scenario where he holds out for half the season. Um, it's just a bad, bad situation. It seems like all around it is. And I feel bad for him. I, and I do think that the brunt of this belongs on the shoulders of what the Browns did. I mean, yeah, you, you, there's a lot of criticism that can be said about a lot of different things about Lamar Jackson at the end of the day, you can question his consist or his, his missing of games the last few seasons, but when he's on the field, you, you don't, 
when he's on the field, he plays and he plays very well. But the thing about it is, is the Browns gave 200 and whatever million dollars guaranteed to Deshaun Watson, who hadn't been on the football field in almost two years and set the tone for quarterbacks. You know what I mean? It's, it's quite, it's crazy. I, I don't know. I like Lamar Jackson and I think that I feel like there's a secret pack behind closed doors with a lot of the owners that are, are really just like anti, we're not going to sign Lamar because of what happened type of scenario. And, and they're trying to not set that narrative up a little bit higher, but I agree with you. I think that, that, that relationship is, it's, it's got to be damaged to the point of, I don't know if it's going to be, you know, repairable. And, and I feel bad for Lamar in this situation because he's, he's really been shafted. There's a lot of other guys that are getting paid that the money that he deserves. And, and it's just, it is what it is type of scenario. And I, and I feel awful for it. So, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out over the next couple of weeks. Um, it'll be definitely interesting to see. I did see some chatter about potentially him signing after the draft because then a team wouldn't have to give up their first rounder this year if they don't get their guy in the draft, which I guess yeah. makes a lot of sense. Um, but that's still – that's like another month out before we have anything settled. So that's definitely something that I find you know, interesting. Do, does a team like the Colts try to get their guy – I think whether at seven, I think it is – Maybe their guy at set whatever number they are. I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but it, I think the Raiders are at seven, honestly. But whatever teams that the Colts are drafting, if their guy doesn't come, then you know what happens there. Um, you know, maybe then they make the decision of, hey, we'll pull the trigger on this now. Like, what does it? Is it a draft day deal? The other one that's interesting is Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is another one that I find interesting. Um, I've seen a lot of people qu- question that scenario, especially you're coming from a year where. Tyreek Hill was given uh, given up for a two. Yeah, it wasn't very much. And then Adams was given up for a one. The problem here with this is, is you know, Hawkins got a fat contract. You know what I mean? It's a pretty fat contract, and and it's definitely interesting. So there's a lot of factors. If we've seen the way the market has shifted over the last couple of weeks, it hasn't been favorable to wide receivers that it has in your past. Teams are very very cautiously optimistic about their spending this off season, especially whenever you can find some of these, uh, you have a deep wide receiver class, you have this mediocre running back, you know, a decent running back class, decent quarterback classes. A lot of these teams are playing kind of wait and see approach. I think Hopkins is a kind of a deal that gets done closer again to draft time. Um, or maybe during the draft or exact, or even during the draft, like an AJ Brown situation, um, day of draft scenario. I obviously I think that the most they're probably asking prices far too high, and then some of the pieces started to fly off the table, and teams are just like, we're not interested anymore. We got what we wanted, or we're settling for this piece, and then maybe a draft piece. But I mean, Hopkins is a phenomenal wide receiver. You know, what I mean, we all know that he's a fantastic receiver. It's, I don't think it has anything to do with talent, but the Cardinals being hesitant. But the Cardinals need to figure out what they're doing. Are we going to do a full rebuild around Kyler Murray? and get these pieces in place because they're not going to contend next year. They're just not, you know what I mean? It, you know, I just don't think it's going to happen. We don't know when Murray's going to come back. I don't know if Murray's even the guy, but that's a different conversation for a different day. They paid him to be the guy. So that's all that matters at the end of the day. So um, yeah, I'm interested by that. But speaking of free agent moves, Fox, we're going to talk about the best and the worst signing so far in free agency from quarterback to running back, wide receiver, tight end. 
we'll go over our best together. Then we'll go over our worst together. Um, your worst is one of my best on some, um, on at least one of these. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how we dissect it. But I see both sides of the case with the guy that I'm going to talk about. But let's start off with your best quarterback option. So I went with Baker Mayfield signing um, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think this is a combination. What it makes the best for me is it's a good opportunity for both the team and the player. Baker had a completely forgettable 2022, although he did have a little bit of a resurgence at the end going to the Rams. Kind of got some people interested in him again. This is a one-year kind of prove-it deal. Tampa Bay cash-strapped. A lot of veterans trying to begin that post-Tom Brady era, figuring out what they're going to do. But he goes into a situation where he's got a good set of receivers, um, and he has potential. I still think the NFC South is one of the most wide-open divisions at this point in time. All the teams are making moves, but none of them would you say you're, you're an absolute favorite. They were all really deadlocked until the end of the season last year. So I think this is a good opportunity for both team and player. And it's a low-risk, high-reward kind of contract. Yeah, see, for me, it, I agree with you 100%. It's a great value because I think the Bucks look at it as, all right, we're going to try to salvage as many pieces as we got, but if we have a forgettable season, we have a forgettable season type of thing. If Baker sucks, Baker sucks. Then you give Trask in there. Give Trask, you figure out where you're going to be. You know what I mean? A year from now, I think this Buccaneers team is going to look very different than it is right now. But, I mean, you're you're also looking at, you know, uh, the, the Saints are probably the leaders in the clubhouse right now, probably to win that division because they've made some quality moves this offseason. My best is going to be Jimmy G. And I say this just based on, I think, obviously right now, you know, we are talking about free agency. If, if the, if the Rogers deal was done, Rogers hands down would probably be my guy for my best pick, a best move of the offseason just based on I think that he makes the Jets um, you know at least playoff contenders if not Super Bowl contenders how they flush out the rest of their roster how much they give up for Rodgers but I said I like the move for Jimmy G I understand a lot of people look at it as a neutral move with Carr and that's perfectly fine I, I just think that Jimmy G has not gotten enough credit for what he's done on the football field flip side of that is the health is the biggest concern, right? You know what I mean? And that's where I think – I know Fox is going to touch on probably because, you know, Jimmy G being in his worst scenario. I do think that if you can sit here and tell me I get 17 games of a healthy Jimmy G, I, I'd have – I'd love that. You know, and I think the Raiders can be very competitive. I don't know if it makes them a playoff team. I can't predict anything about the AFC right now. There's, a, there's way too many. If you're not winning your division – that 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 those those three wild cards are going to be wrapped like they were this year wrapped up with a bunch of teams vying for that spot you know what i mean i i think that this move is i do also think that this move from car to jimmy g it's almost like you have a similar quarterback so what was the point but i also think that we're looking at i don't see and the thing i don't see the raiders drafting it somebody at seven they paid jimmy g to be a starter for multiple years not just for this year to bridge a gap for somebody else but i i don't know i i think i don't i like the deal again would it be my number one if rogers was done probably not would it be my number one if lamar jackson was traded tomorrow probably not you know what i mean i just like the deal and you're saying something so that contract set up for that to be a kind of a one-year deal is that what you're saying 
they have an easy out after the first year if you look at dead cap and the situation, which is fascinating. I there are a lot of reasons that um, I sort of dislike this one. I, to be honest, there weren't a lot of intriguing quarterback moves so far. There were a lot of ones that checked the boxes of making some sense. Um, there are ones that are okay. You're probably right. Like if if team made a blockbuster deal for Lamar Jackson, that might have changed the way we're thinking about it. What I don't really care for about the Jimmy G situation is the whole reason they pushed Derek Carr out supposedly and ate kind of the, the dead cap that they're eating is because they wanted to make a substantial upgrade at the position. Jimmy G has a winning record. He also has missed a lot of time. You talked about if you were getting 17 games of Jimmy G, he's never played all 17 games since they switched to a 17 game season. I think there's only one time he made it through 16 and it might've only been 15. He's been decent when he's out there. He's more of a game manager type. Maybe in that sense, he fits what Josh McDaniels wants to do. Although based on the off season, I have no idea what they want to do. I think he was in a perfect spot in San Francisco. We've seen multiple quarterbacks thrive and have success there rolling back those same reason we've had multiple running backs i there's going to be a lot of pressure here this move may make more sense to me if they do take a quarterback at seven and i think they're actually a team that might be looking at taking somebody jimmy g might be the kind of bridge quarterback but either way they have not put anything behind him which i find sort of concerning you know they actually got a pretty decent performance out of jared stidham last year who you know if you would have I would have probably mocked as a backup option before we saw him play at the end of the year. And then they let him roll off. Now I think the only guy they have on the roster behind Jimmy G is Chase Garbers. If you're going to roll with Jimmy, you either need to invest in some kind of a decent backup or are they drafting a quarterback? And that's part of what makes me think they have said, McDaniels came out and said, nothing is off the table. And maybe that'll make me think about this differently. But in an AFC that's become increasingly loaded and in an AFC West that's becoming increasingly competitive, I don't know what the Raiders are doing. Honestly, my, I, I, I wish the Raiders would have went after Lamar. Like, well, I don't. I just don't see that ever working for Josh McDaniels. That's the antithesis of what he's looking for. One hundred percent, one hundred percent agree with you. I just saying, I, it's the same I, reason they keep saying, "Why aren't the Patriots?" That is not what Bill is looking for either. No, definitely not. Um, all right, so worst quarterback for me so far, I think Carr to the Saints. Now, listen, I like the move for the team. I just don't know. Like, you're looking at a Saints team. I don't think the Saints are a Super Bowl contender, right? I think that they could win the division. But as we saw with that division last year, what does that really mean? You know what I mean? Like, what does that mean at the end of the day? I don't think – I think that the Saints should have spent this offseason rebuilding and retooling. And and instead, I think that they're trying to – I mean, you gave them a full full no-trade clause – you give them a lot of money. And I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying Carr's not a bad quarter. I'm not saying that they might. I think they're going to win the division right now. I haven't seen the rest of the offseason. I do think that the Panthers have made some good moves, like under the radar, decent moves across the board that we're talking about a division. I think, what was it, seven and no, 
seven and ten, eight, eight and nine, nine won the division. Eight and nine won the division. Eight and nine won the division. You know what I mean? And you're talking about every one of these teams was in that hunt, except for the Falcons, I think. But those, those no, they all of the other ones finished right. seventh. Right, exactly. So all these teams were in the hunt for this division. So just a little piece here, a little piece there can be added. So I, I don't love the move because I don't feel like Derek Carr is the Super Bowl winning quarterback. You know what I mean? Like I feel like you made that move thinking that we've got all of these weapons. You know, you got Michael Thomas coming back, which what is that? Do we even know if he'll play the full season? What is he going to look like? I missed 2019 Michael Thomas on my fantasy teams. Exactly. Kamara, you don't know what's going on with that. I like the Jamal Williams signing, but at the same time, like, I don't get it. I don't get what they do. I like what the Panthers are doing. You know what I mean? Like the Panthers are adding pieces, but like they're not winning the Super Bowl. Sorry, Adam Thielen. I I don't, I don't know what to tell you, but I don't know. Well, in the Panthers, a lot of how they come and go is going to depend on whether it's Stroud or young and how they fare in the first. Exactly. And and to me, I just I don't love the signing. I, I think that you're I think the Saints were in a situation where you have to retool and rebuild, and that's what they didn't do. Again, I again I'm gonna sit here and say that I, I do think that they win the division, but that's not saying much. Um all right, moving on to the running back position. Um Fox, what do you got for best? My best, I went with David Montgomery, signed a three-year deal with the Lions. We saw Jamal Williams last year run for over 1,000 yards and 17 touchdowns. I think David Montgomery, a younger guy, perfect kind of hard yardage goal line bruiser player. They already have DeAndre Swift to be kind of that electric you know, player. They they have Jamison Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown out there. I like what they're doing on offense. I thought it was a decent deal and a good landing spot for Montgomery. I like Jamal Williams to the Saints, even though I said that a moment ago. I like it just because of the – I know, exactly. I'm like all – everybody like, Ricky, you're all over the place. I, I like this that. deal. This is my worst. This deal is terrible, but it is my best. <laughs> like, I like the deal because of what they're using it for because, obviously, with Kamara, there's a lot of questions surrounding whether he's going to get suspended or not, what's going to happen. I like Rashad Penny to the Eagles as well. I like that deal for the simple fact that low risk, high reward type of scenario. They don't need a star running back. And yeah, that's just how I feel about that. Uh, What about your worst, Matt? Yeah, and there were a lot of contenders. I almost went with Miles Sanders as my best pick um, because I like the potential, but I still have some questions about Carolina. But my going the other way. The Buffalo Bills came into this offseason. We thought they needed a solid wide receiver, too, which they haven't done, and they needed to improve their running game. They were in talks to trade for Dalvin Cooks. They were in talks to sign Saquon Barkley. Instead, they signed Damian friggin' Harris um, from the Patriots. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. And you know what? I don't think that's an upgrade over Devin Singletary. So now you've paired Harris with Cooks or with James Cook, 
You still have Neheim Hines, who's probably mostly a special teams player. I don't know what they're doing. Um, I guess they're consigning Josh Allen to continue to be their goal line running back, even though they say they're trying to avoid getting hits on him. Maybe they go out and draft a running back, which will make the signing seem even dumber. Damian Harris is fine, I guess, as as a running back who's running between the 20s, but even the Patriots started to move on um, from him. He also has struggled to stay healthy the last couple of years. I just – Buffalo needed to do something to continue to stay in that contender class, and this offseason has been a train wreck, and this move is one of those train wrecks to me. Um, in a division where teams are making moves, the Bills are getting worse, and I, I – I like the Bills and I like that team, but depending on how the rest of the offseason flushes out, you might be talking about a third place Buffalo Bills team. Well, and I was laughing when we went into the offseason and they said the Bills Super Bowl window might have closed. I'm like, are you serious? But watching how everything's happening and how loaded the AFC is being, their window in the AFC East might have closed. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're right, because even if you factor in that Rodgers comes in for one year, right, that's one year of a competitive Jets team that's looking to make a, uh, you know, make a move there. Well, and I think um, if Tua stayed healthy, Miami might have clipped them for the division last year. Exactly. Um, my worst, whatever the Dolphins are doing. Um, you know what I mean? Another team that went into the offseason. We, we have a terrible running game. We need to make moves this offseason. Guys, let's sign everybody back. Mo, Larry, Curly, you're back in the backfield. Dude, I don't – you're talking about a team that is strong, very strong team. Um, I think the Dolphins, if a, a healthy Tui – Tui – Tua – Tui – healthy Tui. They, they don't even need Tua anymore. They have Mike White. Well, yeah, they have they have the savior Mike White on their team, but I think whatever you're talking about, a team, I think that they're a, a they don't even have to have a great running back. They have to have one good running back away from being a a playoff playoff even maybe Super Bowl contender. They got to be able to run the ball and take some of that pressure off Tua. And you're right. I love your Larry Moe and Curly. I mean, it, it that's it. You know I mean, it was like, shocking. I, it was not surprising. You know, when they signed Moster, I thought, oh, they're going to keep one of those guys. And then they signed Wilson. And I was like, okay. And then the next day, they signed back Miles Gaskin. And I was like, okay, we're literally – and they they tendered Salvan Ahmed. It's like getting the band back together. It's all four of them. All four of them. All four back in back at back at one place. You know what it's I mean? like a Creed cover band that they've put in their backfield. I just don't even understand what's going on. I don't. <laughs> this all season has been so weird. Like it's just the weirdest all season <laughs> I know I in NFL history. Speaking of wide receivers, my favorite move of the all season so far is uh, Brendan Cooks to the Cowboys. Um, I think it's just in again. This is in in my opinion, low risk, high reward. Cook stays on the field. I think he's a formidable uh, wide receiver, too, in that offense. They still need to make a move at tight end. Um, I don't know what they're doing at tight end. I, I, they seem to like Jake team, Ferguson. So. I, another team, I don't know what's, gonna, like, what's going on with them. But think about, is Jake Ferguson right now more of a question mark to you than Dalton Schultz was a couple of years ago? Dalton Schultz was that same – third fourth round pick we hadn't seen him do anything until they did 
Yeah, I I, I agree hundred percent. I I just hope that they make some sort of, and there still is some definite, uh, you know, free agent tight ends that they can you know patch over. I don't think there's anybody in there that's that's groundbreaking that's going to make move the needle or anything like that. I think a Gerald Everett's still available. Um, which, He's still on the Chargers. Is he? I thought he was a free agent this all season. Yeah. Maybe I just wanted <laughs> I wanted Dalton Schultz in, in Los. Uh, well, they were rumored to be looking at getting him, but not they. Uh, they still have Everett, and they re-signed Donald Parham, so they still have a million. Yeah, I understand the the Parham's. He's more of a uh, kind of that blocking guy. Anyway, he can make a move every once in six months type of scenario. But uh, but uh, yeah. So for me, it's got to be Cooks to the Cowboys. What about you? Uh, for me, I went with Juju Smith-Schuster to the Patriots, you know, a guy that's been on kind of one-year deals the last couple of years. Injury kind of snake bit him his last year in Pittsburgh. I thought he was quietly pretty solid for the uh, Chiefs last year. Gets to go to a place with the Patriots where, A, they need weapons because they don't have much of anything. And he gets a three-year deal. I think he's a good complimentary piece. I still think if they end up making a trade for DeAndre Hopkins – that you've gone from a weird pass catching group to actually one of the better ones potentially for Mac Jones with Hopkins, Smith Schuster, and they went and got Mike Kosecki at tight end to go with Hunter Henry. They would have a plurality of weapons, but I think Juju, he's kind of not a flashy um, player down the field, but does a lot of the hard work over the middle. That seems like a Bill Belichick kind of player. I think there's potential for him to have a, a couple of really decent wide receiver three seasons for fantasy. Yeah, I agree. Um, I uh, yeah, I think it's a good move, very good move. I think if the Patriots do get Hopkins, uh, if the Patriots do get Hopkins, I'm definitely moving the Bills to third place. If Rodgers ends up on the Jets, I'm sorry, the all season hasn't like fully fleshed out yet. Shit, no, I'm not. Maybe I'm moving to the fourth place. Forget this. I might move. To, I forgot about the Dolphins for a second. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I'm. I the AFC East is so crazy to me. I just. I did forget though that Bill O'Brien is the offensive coordinator. I don't know if Hopkins would go there. Well, they said that I saw an interview somewhere that somebody that knew both of them that they would both like they're both grown ups or whatever the fuck it is. I, I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe are they? Maybe. Maybe they're grown ups. Who knows? Adam Thielen to the Panthers. One of my least favorite off season signings. Paid way too much money for the guy. I, they still need a they still need a wide receiver on number one. Period. End of story. Adam Thielen is. They signed Chark. All right, so they got like a bunch of wide receiver threes on their team. Got it. I, Thielen looked pretty. I don't know. I think Thielen will be good for the rookie quarterback. That's really all he's going to be good for. But they paid him to be more than like they overpaid Thielen and Sanders. But it's weird because I feel like if they draft C.J. Stroud, who I love a lot, and I think he is the best quarterback in this draft by far. Um, that I feel like this, they could really, really creepily be an eight and nine team that wins this division for no reason at all. But um, because this whole division sucks. But um, yeah, Thielen to the Panthers. There's so many bad wide receiver moves that I didn't like. There's so many bad moves, period. I feel like we could have done a whole episode on bad all season signings. But, you know, I mean, a team traded for a kicker. I mean, that's how crazy this all season has been. So. What is your worst move? Uh, mine is Paris Campbell going to the Giants. The Giants need receivers. Um, Paris Campbell had a kind of quietly decent season last year, 
But I don't love the fit here because he was mostly used as a slot receiver for the Colts, and the Giants already have Wandale Robinson, and they re-signed Sterling Shepard, who you assume are going to kind of play those roles as well. So I don't know. As somebody said, apparently the uh, the Giants are just going to do the all-slots formation this year. Um, I just don't. I guess it's a chance for Paris Campbell to establish himself and be kind of that, you know, I remember when he was coming out, the prospect of him in the Colts with Andrew Luck, he was a first round pick in most rookie drafts. He was for me. And we've never really gotten that production, maybe a place that's starved for wide receivers. It just isn't a signing that makes a whole lot of sense. The Giants almost are doing at wide receiver what the Dolphins were doing at running back. Like, hey, we didn't have a good group. Let's bring them all back. They re-signed Hodgins. They re-signed Darius Slayton. They re-signed Sterling Shepard. Wandale's coming back. Now they've added Paris Campbell. I, From a wide receiver standpoint, I don't know what they were doing. They were my... I'll just say they were my best tight end move trading for Darren Waller because for the same standpoint, they need some kind of a big weapon. I'm bummed because I liked Daniel Bellinger as a potential tight end prospect that sort of flushes down down the toilet. But Waller in 2019 and 2020 for a team that needed receivers put up more than 1100 yards each season. He's a guy you can pepper with targets. He's by far the best receiver period on the giants right now. So I loved that trade, but I don't know what they're doing at free agency. Um, I don't either. They signed Daniel Jones, who sucks. And um, <clears throat> that would have been my worst quarterback offseason move, but I really didn't think re-signing quarterbacks would be considered. Uh, Tannehill's still on the Titans. That's still a thing. Um, but that wasn't a signing or a re-signing. That's just a that's sad just fact. Me, yeah, that, me just wanting to bring up how shitty Ryan Tannehill is a quarterback. That's all. That's I don't need many reasons why. You brought up your uh, best uh, tight end already, obviously, with Waller to the Giants, which also is mine, even though my my thing says Wallet to the Giants. Um, in my uh, in my <laughs> in the Google sheet, it did hit them in the wallet. Probably it did. Um, I like the move a lot for them. But you're right. That move is rendered useless in real football terms if you don't do anything at the wide receiver position. And I don't think they're going to do anything with the wide receiver position now because they have 93. I mean, potentially, they'll, they could use a pick to draft one, but you're trying to build up a team. I mean, they made it work last year. I think Waller's going to thrive there no matter what. I just – I was curious to see where Paris Campbell would go, and at first it didn't bother me, but thinking about their wide receiver room, although Sterling Shepard's kind of like some of these other guys, I don't know how many games you get out of him, but they're they're essentially seemingly looking like they're going to roll into the season with Slayton and Hodgins on the outside, which is a choice. Um, Let's see here. We have... So what was your worst tight end move? Josh Oliver got a three-year – I don't know why I said Oliver to the Ravens. Why does it say Oliver to the Ravens on the sheet? He but left the Ravens. Left the Ravens. Three-year, $21 million deal, $10.7 million guaranteed, $7.12 million signing bonus. Um, I don't know why that the – they did this, especially for the fact that they have um, Hawkins in there. 
We should say he went to the Vikings. That's what bothers oh, yeah, you. Is he splashed out guaranteed money, especially after they decided to let Irv Smith walk and they had traded for TJ Hawkinson. You're right. But... In they traded for TJ Hawkinson, and in his career he has 46 catches or 26 catches for 230 yards and two touchdowns. It's got to be um, some kind of a blocking move because he was with the Ravens. A lot of money though. The Vikings are another franchise where it's it's don't apply logic to a lot of what happens. Uh, yeah. Speaking of which, uh, yes, because the thing about it is, is you're talking about a team that should hands down win that division and should be hands down making moves to try to make a playoff a Super Bowl run because they had a hell of a regular season. They continue to have regular seasons. It's about the playoffs. You're trying to upgrade, and and I don't know what they're doing. I I don't know. Their team sucks. They need receivers too now. I mean, yeah. I don't think Justin Jefferson signs back with them either. I I feel like they'll probably franchise tag him. I'm sure they will. But I mean, I think you can only what franchise tag twice now. So that's not a terrible thing for some of these guys. But still, I don't know. If we should have, we could do a whole episode on teams. What the hell are they doing? You know what I mean? Bills, Dolphins, Vikings. Raiders. I mean, there's still a lot of off-season left. Huh? There's still a lot of off-season left. And I still don't know what the fuck they're doing. Any of these teams are doing. I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I feel like um, Baltimore, I don't know what the hell Baltimore's doing. Um, you know, Tennessee. Nobody knows what Tennessee's doing. The crazy thing about Tennessee is like not criticizing them or anything, but like now it's saying they're going to keep Derrick Henry after testing the trade market, probably weren't going to get anything for him, you know. You know, weren't going to get enough to make it worthwhile. Honestly, in my opinion, the Bills should have offered a two for him because you have a bottom half of the second round pick for him. Nope, they got I, the god Damian Harris back there now. <laughs> um, <laughs> my worst tight end move was Dalton Schultz signing with the Houston Texans. And Schultz, after the 2021 season, he was incredible. Got the franchise tag. Supposedly, Dallas offered him three years, 36 million that he turned down. Whether that's true or not, we can't be 100%. Played on the franchise tag, got banged up, didn't have a spectacular season. I feel like he and Mike Gusecki were two guys that got franchise tagged going into 2022 that had sort of abysmal seasons on the tag and are having to rebound out. Gusecki kind of was more of a product of just not really being part of the offensive plan uh, in terms of being a pass catcher. Okay. He's going someplace where hopefully he can he can build that out. Schultz, Dallas was desperate for other weapons, and he he had an okay but not spectacular season, and now takes a one year deal to Houston, which charitably we will call a work in progress. I don't know what's going on. It's a huge hit for me to his fantasy value, um, but also I just don't know what the fit is there, you know, they have a questionable receiving group too. One of the potential moves we could have classified as one we didn't like was they went out and got Robert Woods to make him their number one after seeing what he couldn't do in Tennessee. So they have Woods, Nico Collins. Maybe we get to see John Mechie. I'm hopeful he gets back on the field, but we have no idea what, what he has left. I don't remember if they have any other pieces in their receiver group. Now they have him at tight end. They have Singletary and Damian Pierce at running back. It's a charitably going to be a rebuilding project. I just didn't 
didn't understand the move, especially when it seemed like there was mutual interest for Schultz to go to the Chargers and establish team with a good quarterback in a competitive spot. This made no sense. And it wasn't a big money deal. It was one year, $9 million. The Texans are in the same boat as the Panthers. I don't know what we're doing. But the Texans, at least, are, Texans and Panthers needed to go into obvious rebuilds. Okay, fine. Yeah. I. It makes no sense. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know football anymore. Not the good news is, it's March, and uh, we have a million things we can watch, so we can just try to forget about these hideous moves. I, I can't wait. I can't wait for the draft. I'm excited. Um, all right. So that being said, thank you guys for listening to that part of the show. We're going to talk about some movies uh, on our way out um, in theaters um, today, tomorrow, and next week uh, and for the rest of our lives. John Wick Chapter 4. Dungeons and Dragons is out in theaters. Uh, John and Dragons on our Mug Thieves. On Hulu, you can watch Ryan Lang. Tetris, you can watch on Apple TV+. Plus. Murder Mystery 2, you can never watch. Or if you wanted to really suffer through it, you can watch it on Netflix. Ted Lasso is back. Succession is back, which those of you that watch that and enjoy it as much as I do, I love you. And episode one was incredible. Um, speaking of which, I didn't get episode two. I need to speak to the manager about this. Um, I forgot about this for some reason. Um, but... Yeah, so that said, um, what else do I have here? Uh, Big Door Prize is finally out. Love that show so much. The Mandalorian, I don't know what that is, but apparently that's back. Yellow Jackets is back. I haven't watched that yet. The Night Agent is out on Netflix. Um, I watched the first couple episodes. It's okay. The Power is out. I don't know what that is. And Unstable is out on Netflix, which I surprisingly liked. The first two episodes were pretty good. That's Rob Lowe and his son going back and forth. I enjoyed that. I really liked uh, Big Door Prize. I watched the first two of that. We'll probably go through and watch the rest of them since they are up. The Power is a new show about teenage girls developing the power to electrocute people around the world. Um, I started watching the first two. That's on Amazon. Uh, Tony Collette is in it and John Leguizamo. And they play a married couple. And I'm still trying to go over... Um, the casting decisions that led to that it feels like an odd match um and their daughter has electric powers um if you like ted lasso sam from ted lasso is also in that show the power which uh was one of the the most exciting things for me about the pilot which probably tells you about the pilot lasso has been incredible we've been recapping those um one of my personal favorites schmigadoon returns on wednesday um whole new season of musical madness i saw tetris i really enjoyed it i saw um dungeons and dragons i enjoyed that and also rye lane and i think i reviewed all three of those for the site um on consecutive days monday tuesday wednesday this week yeah um i saw air comes out next week i can actually say that i liked it um i liked it quite a bit honestly um, Rye Lane on Hulu, probably my favorite of all the movies that you can watch this weekend. Incredible, incredible romantic comedy. Definitely in my top five. One of my favorite movies out of the Sundance Film Festival. Um, brilliant, different, unique, and my favorite short, brief runtime. Um, 
I mean, it, you know, if you combine Riley and John Wick four, it's like a five hour commitment because one's like a little over an hour and one lasts an eternity. It's pretty exhausting, to be honest with you. Um, did you? Like I just thought it was okay. Did you like the Night Agent? By the way, um, I I watched the first two. I thought it was interesting. Um, there's some potential there. There was a couple of shows that came out last week. I haven't gone back to. Um, sometimes I get caught up on musical comedies. There was a Hulu one called Up Here um, that uh, I wrote about that is two uh, kind of level baloners in the set in the late 90s who uh, struggle with the voices of doubt that they hear in their heads that takes on a musical form from the people that gave you Frozen. It was um, not quite what I expected, but I I've thought about it a few times afterward, which is usually a good sign for a show. Um, but there's been a lot of interesting shows out, and there's a lot of stuff out right now. I know you don't love The Mandalorian, but many people do. I wouldn't watch Succession if you paid me, but I know you love it. So, I mean, there's a lot of options for people out there. Did you like the first episode of Yellow Jackets coming back? I have not watched Yellow Jackets. The first, the second season. I haven't, yeah. uh, uh, I didn't have the opportunity to get around to it. Um, I feel like they're steering into where, you know, the if you watch the first season, there's an illusion that they turn to cannibalism. But you, fortunately, for on my, I'll say, fortunately for me, you don't see that in the first season. It certainly looks like you won't escape the second season. Well, I saw somebody that you didn't said there wasn't enough cannibalism, and I was like, "That sounds Ooh. like my, sounds like my jam." So, just... sounds like something I'd like to take a bite out of. On that note, um, <laughs> oh man! Next week we will talk about who knows what we'll talk about next week. We'll just be back next week talking about one thing for sure. I'll probably talk about Mario and how much it sucks. But uh, Chris Pratt playing Chris Pratt as Mario, so that should be fun. But uh, we thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour podcast, and we will talk to you guys next week. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save